Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In Uncertain World, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Douglas Smythe about the rise of male grooming and sorry about the dodgy sound quality. Matador, Spanish for killer or bullfighter, was written by Flavio Cine Carulo, the bass player of Los Fabulosos Cadillacs from Argentina.
Douglas, can't a man spend too much time in the bathroom? <laughs> That's a good question, Royfield. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think we spend enough time in the bathroom as it is, if we're going to compete with her. But but that's the whole thing, isn't it? Being manly, we both have a certain kind of musk to ourselves, a certain kind of roughness of skin. We don't want to be too effect. It's true that we do have a certain... T- we all individually have a, a, our own musk, I guess you will say, or, or just body chemistry. But that's part of what makes you know wearing a cologne or aftershave magical is the intermingling with the, the chemistry of the cologne and your body chemistry, giving you off know, your own unique scent. But surely we get the cologne... To actually to to kill our individual kind of musk it's not really to blend with it isn't that what our partners want they want the authentic smell of you those pheromones those hormones kind of like pinging around well they'll still be there they are definitely again they intermingle with whatever you're putting on i think you know wearing an aftershaver or any scent is just an extension of style or fashion okay so Male grooming now is a multi-million, billion-dollar dollar industry, yeah. uh, but it's still kind of kind of coming into its own. When can we kind of trace the the, the earliest roots of it back to? Oh, geez, Egypt. <laughs> we can go back about twenty thousand years, and it was uh-huh. the talk of the town back then. Oh, that entire culture was based on grooming, male and female grooming. But grooming, I mean, that's where it began, if you ask me. So those Egyptian pharaohs were waxing their beards and things like that. <laughs> they may not have been waxing, but they were definitely trimming them. They were definitely they were using um, oils and whatnot, uh, frankincense, myrrh. I mean, um, they were plucking, shaving, even shaving their heads, uh, shaving off eyebrows, painting them on. Um, yeah, they were they, fops, the original fops, if you will, <laughs> or dandies. We all live incredibly busy lives now. And it's one thing if I'm a pharaoh that I've got, you know, my servants that can be plucking me and, and, and trimming me. But we don't have the time for all this, do we? So isn't it just kind of incredibly time consuming, let alone expensive? I don't think it is. I think it's like anything else that you're just starting to get into. At first, it's going to come off as time consuming, much like, you know, putting on a podcast and whatnot. At first, it seems like a drag. When you're reading up about it, it seems like a drag. It's, how am I going to do this? But once you start doing it, it becomes old hat, like anything else. You're just going to make it part of your daily regime, you know? Now, I know that you are a finely groomed gentleman. You know? <laughs> how did you fall into this world of not only being finely groomed, but then creating a business out of it? being hesute and, and being um, a smart bloke <laughs> well okay that obviously i mean it starts in high school when you're you know the hormones are kicking in and you want to mm-hmm. you know attract the opposite sex so you start looking into stuff you know aftershaves dracar was really popular when i was coming up in high school however i couldn't afford a bottle of that stuff so i was you know rocking the old spice if you will and uh <laughs> yeah many girls would turn around in different classes and be like you smell like my dad and i don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing but i'd say that's where it pretty much began for me but when it comes to my business, I was um, well, I was always interested in mustaches and you know beards and whatnot. A little before it became the thing, at least I'd like to think so, anyways. And I created a blog called HowToGrowMustache.com, which in, in that I got to interview all types of folks and, and you know, competitors and the, you know the man on the street. And um, so that really is what piqued my interest in, in facial hair and facial fur. Uh, created a greater facial awareness, if you will. Um, but when it comes to my business. That began as almost a fluke. It was just like a, uh, a welcomed accident. I was living in Central America. I moved down there. I was living at the end of the rainforest on this beach in a hammock. I lived in a hammock for about four years. And while I was down there, uh, pretty much just surfing and studying music, I actually am a musician as well. I was studying Pandero. 
was getting bit every day by these sand fleas. They'd come out around 5 or to 6 p.m. And they'd bite the heck out of me. And there was nothing, no salve or anything that I could put on it that would prevent this from itching. So I was tearing myself up all the time. So I created this concoction I called Itch No Mas. It was just for myself. But I had the locals or the villagers knocking on my tent flap pretty much, begging for the stuff. And so I just got to thinking, like, if I ever get back to the States, I'm going to sell this. And that's what happened. I, I moved back to the United States four years later, and I was sh- creating and shipping this down to uh, Costa Rica. And it was doing great. And after that, I created a, an emergency traveler's deodorant called Stinkno Moss that I could sell as well. <laughs> and that was, yeah, it was insect repellent slash deodorant. So as you sweat, it would it would uh, heat up the essential oils in it and propel uh, repel rather uh, the mosquitoes and whatnot. So that actually sold better than Ichnomas, and that started me down the, this road of creating um, personal care products. After that, I created the mustache wax. Pretty much where it began, it began as an idea in a hammock. It just uh, something I had to do because uh, take care of myself. <laughs> you take care of yourself. So how long does your beauty regime last? So you know. Um, every morning. Every morning. Well, see, I again, you can do it smart. You can do it the smart way, or you can you can just create more problems for yourself by doing it the hard way. I do everything for the most part in the shower. There's less cleanup involved there right from the get go. I have a whole shave station. I call it in the corner of my shower. I have shelves in there with my shaving scuttle on it. Different razors and brushes are on top of my shower stall on the the door. So I'm lathering up and shaving right then and then, rinsing off. You know, no muss, no fuss. It takes me probably about. 10 minutes and if if water is you know if you consider water that a waste of water you just turn it down to a trickle so you can rinse off your razor as you go the shower is an interesting place for me because i actually listen to um, a lot of music oh, and go. actually podcasts in, in the shower me too <laughs> and i find it a great place you know to contemplate yeah so with that in mind why don't you tell us about the piece of music that you've decided to uh, pick for us this week tell us all about the new pornographers ah Yes, this is the world of theater. It's a great tune, first of all. Again, I'm a musician myself, so I, I, I'm a product of the 70s. So I grew up in the 80s, and I really, I still like that 80s sound. I, you know, different music genres are almost like different instruments themselves, where you can do it right or you can do it wrong. And I think these folks, they're from Canada, and they're probably around my age as well, and they've just been uh, putting great albums for the last... 15 years almost I believe um, and they're doing something right with this 80s sound it's a throwback sound and it's just, it's just a great tune all, all, to, all around I mean, can't say enough good things about it
Brian said that you were um, a musician. Tell us about the music that you produce. Oh, geez. I, I grew up, I've been playing drums. It's interesting because I created my first perfume around the age of eight or nine. S- around the same time, I started uh, playing drums as well. well. What eight-year-old is concocting <laughs> perfume? Well, I, you know, it was a chemistry set my mother got me. And to be fair, I was also creating bombs, I believe, too. <laughs> it was, wasn't straight-up perfume. But my mom still has it to this day. I don't know what that says about the quality of the perfume. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I started that uh, that and drumming at that time, and I studied different world instruments from all around the world. Not your typical like djembe and congas, but more like um, pandiros, just rare stuff. I even played the saw, the musical saw too. So I'd always get the gig. I was mostly a studio musician, and if I couldn't get the part as the drummer, I'd be like, well, hey, do you need any percussion? And you know, I'd play like shakare, a pandiro, cajon, rarer in, uh, percussion instruments. So I typically got the gig. <laughs> You're obviously a kind of a renaissance man, aren't you? You not only smell good, <laughs> look good, but, you know, you you, you, ch- you actually search out for, for new experiences. Yeah. It's the nature of my tribe, I think. I mean, I just like, I, maybe the ADD, I just like to keep things interesting and just keep my, things that keep my attention are always evolving and interesting and, and new and creative, you know? Well, talking about evolving, right, because it's one thing to to let's say shave your beard or to trim your beard it, it's another thing completely to go go downtown and to start um trimming your, your pubic hair isn't it to, to manscape <laughs> oh, <manscaping. laughs> so so are you a manscaper sir uh it because <laughs> i've been told that that's the polite thing to do in 2008 yeah i think you're right and you know it, it depends on the circumstances it's you know it depends on my weekend's looking like really <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep it real, <laughs> right? So, but I should also mention, though, Royfield, that when I speak of shaving and whatnot, I'm using traditional forms of shaving. I'm using a safety razor um, mm-hmm. with double-edged blades, as opposed to cartridge razors. I think cartridge razors are the devil, and pretty much got us into all this trouble where we're at right now with like this whole beard rage and whatnot. Not that I don't like beards, but I think like, but this whole new fashion trend of having a beard. It really comes out of, or it's just a default for people despising shaving or hating shaving. And it's just because we've been using inferior tools for so long. And that's what it all comes down to. Okay, so why why did we regress from, let's say, from what the Victorians did in terms of shaving? Well, money. This happened in 1970. I think Wilkinson's Sword was the first to release the cartridge razor. And then Gillette was already planning on doing that, but finally released theirs in 1971. And that was because they were running out of patents for their double-edged razors which are a better shaver. It's a better razor. But this is all comes down to patents. And they had patents for the next 15 to 20 years. So they were setting themselves up for that. But it really comes down to money. You only need one blade. Multiple, multiple blade cartridges are the worst things for your skin. Before then, we didn't have razor burn or um, ingrown hairs, bumps and whatnot. That, those come with the use of cartridge razors. So they are the devil. They are the devil. <laughs> so apart from, let's say, shaving... Yes. Whether it's downtown, you're shaving, just trimming things up, or whether it's on your face, how is male grooming essentially different from female grooming? Oh, in a couple ways. I mean, well, in one way, it's actually cheaper. Something we call in the, in the States anyways, the pink tax. And that's where you'll see women's uh, grooming products, especially shaving products, they actually charge them more than they do men. And they may very well be the same exact product, just in different packaging. So women are charged more for that. I, I don't know. I think it's done in the same spirit, if you will, mm-hmm. for those of us that are into it. Because when we really get into it, we take up just as much counter space as they do in the bathroom. I can attest to that. <laughs> I, I think you're talking about yourself there. I might be projecting. Yes, that's true. <laughs> All right. So 
I am um, I'm a regular bloke mm-hmm. and of course I have my cologne of choice and um, I have sufficient testosterone that I need to shave right okay right and um, what else should I be doing what other bits of kit should I should probably be using as a as a properly groomed man of 2018. Well, you know, again, people tend to overcomplicate this stuff. I see a lot of stuff on the market that we didn't have 20 years ago. In 20 years, we were doing just fine, especially when it comes to beard and beard oils and stuff like that. You see a lot of this new stuff popping up. You don't need it. I think it's really just about keeping your, your, yourself clean. I mean, when it comes to your face, when I got out of the gym, I noticed a lot of guys just you know throwing their clothes and take off uh, without a shower, without even rinsing off their face. And I think that's a big no-no. Um you know, if you don't clean your face after working out or running or whatnot, you get all the sweat up there that, that will dry off, but all the salt still remain on top of your skin, which are going to age your skin faster and dry you out. So I think it's important but, to. But aren't we giving our pores a good workout, though? <laughs> well, we are, and that's why I, I got to return to uh, traditional shaving for that. With a, when you use a shaving brush as opposed to goo in a can, as I like to call it, you're exfoliating right there. You're gently exfoliating everything so i mean like right there is a good workout for your skin people tend to over exfoliate in this culture nowadays you'll see all these new gels and jellies and lotions that are exfoliating and you can actually upset your skin and throw it out of balance if you exfoliate too much so i think we're already overdoing that you know what i mean right so we shouldn't over exfoliate no that's something they're selling you that is it's it's the wrong road to go down. Back in the day, they didn't sell men exfoliating products. They sold to women. Now they're selling it to men. And I, I just see this happening all the time. When people are over exfoliating and you're throwing your skin out of balance, out of whack, big time. After we've had a real good shave, put on our cologne and maybe done a little bit of uh, manscaping, <laughs> um, we then be nipping down to see our barber. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can go to the barber. I've Some of the best shaves I've ever had in my life came from my barber through a, a straight razor. A good straight razor shave, and you don't have to shave for the next two days. We call it face-turbation, where you're just constantly feeling your face afterwards. You're like, oh my god, that's so baby butt smooth. Ah, yeah, yeah. All day, you're feeling your face up. Yeah, I mean, you can go to the barber, but you can get just as good a shave yourself by learning traditional shaving methods with a safety razor or a straight razor. Well, you know, I was more really thinking about just having a haircut. Oh, yeah. Whether you've got any, you know, real hair or not. And I'm kind of one of these gentlemen that doesn't really have hair anymore. There's something <laughs> about going to the barber, oh, having that male experience yeah. where, you know, you just sit down in the chair for, for 15, 20 minutes and, uh, you know, you, you talk about life, love in the universe universe and put it to rights and then hop out of that chair you're exactly right i didn't know that's what you were talking about barber culture it's really coming back full on barbers today are what tattoo artists were of the 90s if you ask me a lot of younger guys are really getting to barbering and they kind of look like the tattoo artists still they're all covered in tats now and they look like they're rockabilly but they give a mean cut and they're bringing that culture back they're actually serving drinks it's like almost lounge you can hang out in all day long and shoot the breeze with you know other guys and then there's the scent, the bar- that classic barbershop scent. That's like Absolutely. addictive to us. I mean, you remember going in there with your dad when you were younger. It's that smell of like club and pinard, um, leather, tonics, pomades. It's all intermingled in the air there. It's just, yeah, there's something magical about barbershops. I agree with you 100%. If we're all getting into male grooming, is it a way of kind of like fast forwarding into the future by taking the best elements of the past? Is that really what, what this is all about? Because it's interesting that you know you are completely right there's the evocative smell of the colognes and of of leather and of just dare i say manliness yeah no there really is and i just i'm just 
it's about giving guys permission now to be able to talk about this stuff that we never really could talk about before. Now it's like, and this conversation maybe begins here or in the forums or even at the barbershop. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we are taking the best of the past and moving forward with it because back then they just called it shaving and it was something they had to do. But now with 2020 hindsight, we can look back and go, oh, and just grab the best of each of it, you know, and combine it in our own everyday daily maintenance, if you will. Douglas Smythe, why don't you tell us about your the great brand that you've created? <laughs> sure. I own uh, phoenixshaving.com for those of you interested in you know trying something new and um, maybe reinventing your shave or just taking your face back when it comes to uh, your daily shave. I also do a show uh, called I'd Lather Be Shaving. It comes out every Friday morning. It's a, it's a morning shave show. I know it sounds funny, but it's actually quite entertaining. And we, you know, we touch upon the history, uh, collecting vintage, vintage razors, and we go on some field trips too, and uh, just a look behind the scenes. So Douglas, is there such a thing as shaving news? Shaving, I'm sorry, what was that? News? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how, how can you do a, a, you know, a weekly show? on shaving oh my god again it, I, this goes back to the ancient egyptians i've got enough material to cover the next uh, twenty thousand years no there's just it, it's utterly fascinating once you get into it. I, I know it just sounds so abstract and almost silly when I, I hear myself saying this out loud my mother was a a stylist growing up so you know i got to see all this stuff firsthand and i was even captivated by the the processes then but like going back and digging through history it's just it's it's like almost archaeological to a certain extent. I've always been to collecting stuff, antiques, stamps, coins, comics, so on and so forth. It wasn't much of a leap into the vintage shaving world, the vintage razors and whatnot. They look as great as they did when they came off the assembly line and outperform the stuff that's out there nowadays. The last lifetimes, you can pass these things down. So, I mean, really, it's just, it's fascinating, believe it or not. <laughs> Douglas Smythe, thank you for coming on to Friday 15 and explaining that uh, manscaping male grooming is not just for the vain but also for the glamorous thanks <laughs> thank you so much Royfield ciao a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Got paid for the night She said for the light. She sees the vision going Cup and line after line See how she looks in trouble See how she dances and She sips the Coca-Cola She can't tell the difference That's what you're coming for But they don't want to let you in You drop your back to the floor and Asking what's happening It's getting late now, hey now Enough of the arguments But she sips the Coca-Cola She can't tell the difference yet She can't tell the difference yet Yeah.
Cola was produced by Camel Flat and Elderbrook and was released in 2017. It features vocals from Alexander Elderbrook, who was also the co-writer on the track. Reaching number one on the Billboard Dance Club Songs chart in November, it gave the collaboration its first ever American chart topper. American rapper Dr. Dre and Snoop Doggy Dog. It's from Dre's solo album The Chronic in 1992. One, two, three into the folk. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, make us so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. So please don't try to fake this But uh, back to the lecture at hand Perfection is perfected So I'ma let them understand From a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now you know I ain't with that shit lieutenant Ain't no pussy good enough to get burned while I'm offended And that's realer than real deal Holy feel And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this Santa It's like that and like this and like that it's like this and like that and like this and I Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I damn near got caught Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax and strap on your seatbelt You've never been on a ride like this before With a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I flow some old funky shit To add to my collection The selection symbolizes dope Take a but don't choke if you do You have no clue of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and who gives a fuck about those So just chill to the next episode What a hell of gangster lean. Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Don't forget, you can follow the show's progress on Facebook by simply typing in Friday 15. You can also find us on Twitter, where you can follow me, where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Now, every Thursday, you can jump onto Twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's Friday 15. 
15. iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me, well, Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.